Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I'm just waiting on you to hit that button. Well, I mean, here we are. I hit the button. There we go. It's time to get started. So take off that sound engineer hat and, and put on the host hat. Okay. All right. Welcome to Text Talk, Andrew. There you go. Glad you could be here today, That's brother. That's right. Play nice. <laughs> Let's keep reading and talking about Psalm 87. Today, I want to do something special. It's your day to read, so I'm going to hand this translation over to you. I'd like for us today to read the Septuagint of this. But of course, what we have, about the English translation? We have to read of the an English translation of the Septuagint. Because so. we recall the Septuagint is the Greek translation That's of right. the Hebrew scriptures. So we're gonna we're gonna read the English translation of the Greek translation of the scripture. This is a more recent translation. This is the Lexham English Septuagint, second edition. A psalm of an ode by the sons of Korah. His foundations are among the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the tents of Jacob. Things, having been glorified, were spoken concerning you, O city of God. I will remember Rahab and Babylon to those knowing me. And look, foreigners in Tyre and the people of Ethiopia, these were born there. Mother Zion, a person will speak, and a person was born in it, and he, the Most High, laid the foundation of it. The Lord will describe it in the writing of these peoples and rulers who have been born in it. The dwelling of all in you, how they are cheerful. I want to go completely to left field before we get back to what you just read. I want to I want to talk for just a brief moment about what I consider to be one of the oddest passages in the New Testament. Okay. And then when we're done, you'll know why I wanted us to read from the Septuagint. All right. So there there is method to the madness. There is method to but the madness. But you're warning us we're starting with the yeah. madness. Okay. Yeah. So in Galatians chapter 4, Paul presents an allegory of Hagar and Sarah. Okay? And Ishmael and Isaac. Mm -hmm. Here's what we have. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now, this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. He relates Hagar to the present Jerusalem mm -hmm, or the right. geopolitical Jerusalem, the Jews who were still following the, the law yeah. that came from Mount Sinai Corporal with Jerusalem. Hagar and Ishmael. Mm -hmm. But he says that Sarah and Isaac, the son of the free woman, Sarah, this is representative of not the present Jerusalem, not the earthly Jerusalem, but the Jerusalem above, above yeah. the heavenly Jerusalem. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. Did you catch what it says? She is free, and she is our 
mother. Mother. Notice, and it's not that Sarah is our mother, but the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And the, and you said this is one of the strangest verses in the Bible you've ever read. Well, this this whole this whole passage right here, talking about the allegory of Hagar and Sarah yeah. and Ishmael and Isaac and how he works it all out. It's it, a lot to think through. It's, it's, it's an odd passage to me. We've done some episodes on it just for people who want to I go know. back in the catalog. That's right. I'm sure back then it was very clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> but did you catch here... I don't think I knew about this, did you, did you catch here, the Jerusalem above is our mother? Right. Now, having said that, remembering what you just read mm-hmm. from the Septuagint... Mm-hmm. Can you can you guess why I said we need to read from the Septuagint today? I, well, I can because there is a, a a different reading, I guess I would say, in the Septuagint in Psalm eighty six verse five in the Septuagint, which would our, be eighty seven five in our English ones. Yeah, but it actually says Mother Zion. A person will speak, and a person was born in it, and he, the Most High, laid the foundation of it. Mother Zion. I've read some things about the Hebrew language and the way Scripture gets transmitted that it, that says here's a possible reason why the Greeks have the word mother in there. It, it may have to do with some uh, transmission issues and copying issues. It also may just have to do with the fact that here in this psalm, it's all about children being born. So what would you—in oh. in the city, what, yeah. what if you're talking about children being born, what's natural? Yeah. It's natural mother. to refer to mother yeah. as children being born. But in the when the Greeks— had their interpretation of this psalm, they called Zion Mother Zion. Mother Zion. In Galatians 4.26, it is very likely that when Paul says the Jerusalem above is our mother, he's calling this psalm to mind. He's calling this statement about Mother Zion to mind, especially, notice what he goes on to do in Galatians chapter 4. He goes on to cite Isaiah 54 and verse 1, all about having a lot of children born there. Yeah. And the recognition that what Psalm 87 is about is all the children being born in Jerusalem, in this free mother Jerusalem, having more children. Uh, We've actually got some overlapping connections here between the Psalms, between the prophets, between Paul, as all of this is being brought together. But it's very likely that what Paul is doing is referring back to this Psalm, Jerusalem. But but now here's the important thing. Mm. When Paul refers back to this Psalm... Which Jerusalem is actually Mother Zion? Yeah, it's that one above, isn't it? The heavenly Jerusalem. Paul made the exact same step of faith that we made in our previous conversations. Mm -hmm. That what this psalm is really about is not the present Jerusalem, is not the geopolitical city. What this psalm is really about is the heavenly Jerusalem. It is the church of Christ. It is the the kingdom of our Lord. It is that that new covenant people whether mm-hmm. from Jews and Gentiles coming together that that's the that's the one that is this mother Zion the mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. i think that's profound well it, it is and what i appreciate about the the study and making this particular connection is just to be mindful again that the apostle paul the early christians so often they were studying out of the Septuagint. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a good bit of information to file away because, much like today, it helps us unlock some other uh, passages that are quoted or alluded to that maybe when we go back to our English Old Testaments that are coming from Hebrew, coming from the Masoretic text, it doesn't 
quite match up so tight. You've got to remember the scriptures that they were working with predominantly in the first century. That tells us some things about using translations that we need to keep in mind today. Folks who get bent out of shape about using a particular translation, well, let's remember some of these differences between the Septuagint and the Hebrew, and, and the New Testament writers use both. Yeah, they do. Kind of yeah. that, rec- that, that recognition, I think, is important. Here's the thing that I want to make sure we drive home today. For years now. I Okay, so yeah, was it the beginning of this episode that I admitted I'd had an anniversary this month, or was that yesterday? Either way. It's, it's been recently that you wished your wife happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah so I've been and married so, for 28 years. And yeah. And I have been preaching just a little bit longer than that. Okay. So maybe 28 and a half years. All right. All right, full time. And in that time, repeatedly, I have heard people say things like, you know what? We need to preach Christ, not the church. And what I want to point out is Psalm 87 speaks of the heavenly Jerusalem, the church that belongs to Jesus Christ, the Mount Mm -hmm. Zion, the city of the living God, the bride of Christ, the church. And what Psalm 87 says is glorious things of you are spoken. When we are talking about Christ's church, we are talking about something glorious and we need to talk about it. If If we're not going to talk about it, we are going to miss the fact that glorious things are supposed to be said about Christ. Christ and his church. Absolutely. I mean, it puts me in mind of the end of Ephesians chapter one, that uh, Jesus is the head of the church, the fullness of him and his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Mm -hmm. And it's always been a strange thing. I've heard that said as well, preach Christ, not the church. But why would you preach the head without the body? Mm -hmm. You know, these things go together and it's part of God's glorious plan uh, to be a part, in fact, his manifold wisdom, <laughs> that there should be this church. Yes. Therefore, we need to be preaching the church. We need to be proclaiming the church. Yeah. I've heard people say, you shouldn't convert people to the church. You should convert them to Christ. What I'm going to say is, if you've converted them, you've done it to both. Yeah, if you've converted them at all, <laughs> they're, they're in the but church. You, you can't have this distinction. Again, if he's the head and the church is the body, This is this is that, that would be like somebody asking me, hey, do you know Andrew Roberts? And I said, well, I know his head. <laughs> I, you know, the body, I don't know. Of course, yeah. now in this Zoom culture, I guess we might say <laughs> that. Zoom but, culture. But, but, Couldn't tell you how tall that guy is. Yeah. But, <laughs> but just the concept is so ridiculous. The glorious things of the heavenly Jerusalem are spoken, mm-hmm. and we need to be saying those yeah. things. We need to be proclaiming those things. We need to be letting people know that Christ church is glorious. We don't need to be embarrassed of Christ church. Uh, now, I get it. Sometimes we, the members of Christ Church, are embarrassing to the whole endeavor. I get it. I have committed yeah. sins that are embarrassing and shameful. I know that, and 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 you've done the same. Even though I don't know what they are, I know you've done the same. I, I'm sure we, I've we, embarrassed we, you plenty of times. You've but, all done that. But but here's the thing: people are like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go be a part of that church. There's no perfect church. Yeah. If it, if there was a perfect church, it would be messed up as soon as you came to be a part of it. Because there's no the there's no perfect people. That's tr- that's the truth. You know, we 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 are uh, helping one another to love one another, to love the Lord, to serve the Lord. We stumble, we fall short. But that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we need the church, to pick us up when we fall down and to hold us accountable and to call us down when, when we're out of line. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. At times, we might be embarrassed by our fellow members. And I know that at times I will embarrass you and, and others will embarrass me because of our 
failure to live up to what God has said and what has taught, but the church as the institution, as Christ's body, as Christ's kingdom, there should be no embarrassment of that. We as should his be, bride. That's exactly right. We should be lifting up his bride. We should be lifting up his holy city. We should be speaking the glorious things. We cannot separate Christ, mm-hmm. the head from the body, the king from the city. Mm-hmm. We cannot separate those things. And and that's where and Paul himself makes that connection here in Galatians chapter four as he as he draws back to Psalm eighty seven and Isaiah fifty four. And I, I, I just want to carry that with me and I hope that'll I hope that'll help us all. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's Mother's my day to say the prayer. Well, so I'm it gonna, is. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. All right. Holy God, thank you so much. Thank you for Zion. Thank you. And I know we're speaking metaphorically when we refer to the church as as the as our mother. I know we're speaking metaphorically, but glorious things are spoken about your church, about the kingdom that you've established. And may we speak glorious things. May we proclaim the King and His kingdom. May we proclaim the head and the body. May we proclaim Christ and the church. And may we be truly converted and changed and transformed to be this church, to be part of this church, to be stones, brick, and mortar, building supplies that build up this temple, which is your bride. We are so thankful to get to be a part of that. Lord God, help us to teach truth on all of these and to proclaim it all. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. A song of a psalm by the sons of Korah. For the end concerning Maleth. You're reading the wrong one. No, I'm not. It's the Septuagint. You should be reading 86. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You got me. I'm sorry about that. That's, that's I something else you, for all I, of our text talkers to remember. And we talk about it from time to time. And I straight up forgot. That's right. It is the Septuagint is numbered differently. Pretty, pretty rookie mistake right there. Galatians chapter four, Paul talks about Haggai and Sarah and says that what you have between with, with ha- the allegory, Hagar, the, the, Hagar. <laughs> Boy, we're just the trouble. horrible, the horrible. Talking about Sarah and Vikings. <laughs> uh, okay.